welcome to the City View Church podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. You know, I remember um, it's 2001. I was trying to figure out what to do with my life. And a friend of mine and I were working together. We were, I was welding. I used to be a welder, um, for those who don't know that about me. Um, and we heard this um, commercial come over the radio about the Phoenix Police Department needing more officers. And so I was younger. He was younger than I am. Um, and we both thought, let's go do this. And so we worked out. We would go to the gym. We would do all the stuff that you're supposed to do to get ready for this. And I'm only, man, I'm maybe 24, 2001. No, I'm 22. I just, I'm barely married. Um, And so we go. I'm 22 years old. I am as fit as possible. I am a specimen of a human being. And I go and we take the test and we both pass. Um, We go and I do the bench press and I pass. I go and do the wall test and I pass. I go and do the sit-ups and I fail. Um, And then we go and do the run. It's a mile and a half run. And I go and I'm running. And at this point, I want to quit because I'm like, well, there's no point because I can't. I already failed. If you fail one part, you fail all of it. Like, it's not like a, you don't, you don't like, well, okay, you did okay on this one. Well, you will still pass. No, it's, you, you failed the setup. I failed the setups by one, one setup. Had to do 37, I did 36. Yeah, couldn't you have done one more? There's a whole nother story that has nothing to do with my story. So I'm running around. I don't want to finish because I felt already like a failure. And I'm running around this track, and my friend David sees that I am not going to, I don't want, he sees I'm not motivated. David had already finished. He had already gone around the track. He had already done his mile and a half. He's younger than me. He was better, apparently better shaped than I am. Um, And he comes back right next to me. He runs right alongside me and says, you can't quit. You can't quit. You have to keep going. You have to finish. Never give up. And so I finished that race. It's not even a race. It's a run. You just are running to try to be something I already failed in. But I finished. I finished on time. And I'm doing exactly what God called me to do today. It took that little detour of trying out for that to get me to where I am today to start serving in a church and start doing what God is calling me to. And it took that encouragement of a friend running alongside me, yelling at me. Some of the encouragement was a little harsh, but it still was encouragement to finish. You see, in life, we will go through those same struggles. We will feel like quitting. We will feel like, well, I've already messed up too much. I've already done too, I've already gotten too distracted. I've already gone too far off course. I've already, we can think of all these things on why we should quit. But when you have a friend around you like that, who says, don't quit, never give up, you just might keep going. Paul As we come to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 today, Paul opens with those exact words. He says, 
Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. God, I ask your blessings upon us, Lord. I I just, God, there are so many times we feel like quitting. There are so many times when we just feel broken and empty and helpless and hopeless, distracted, discouraged, crushed, pressed in on every side. Lord, I don't, there's so many things. And God, we just sometimes feel like quitting. Lord, I pray that today, may we be encouraged to never give up because you never give up on us. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, as Paul goes into 2 Corinthians here, this is a continuous letter. Remember, we're breaking it up into pieces. This is one letter that Paul writes to this church in Corinth where he is discouraged. He, he's been, they've been talking about him behind his back. He, he's trying to prove himself. And it's this ministry, this living this life for, as a Christian is, is not easy. And there are times where he probably felt like giving up. He felt like quitting. And in this letter, we're, we're, we're entering into a little bit of, of his story. We're entering into his own personal life. And, and we see here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Verse 1, how he says, never give up. He says, therefore, since we, he says, therefore, since God in his mercy, I'm reading out of the New Living today. I just love how the New Living reads. He says, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. We reject all shameful desire, all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God, meaning there's all these churches, there's all these guys around him that are preaching a a cheapened gospel. And he says, I'm not going to do that. He says, we tell the truth before God and all who are honest know this. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of God, of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Paul says, this new way. This new way he he opened up to us last week as we looked at chapter 3, meaning the new covenant, this new promise that we have in Jesus Christ, this this the gospel, the, the message of hope that we have that Jesus came, he lived a perfect life, that he died on the cross, that, that he, he went into a tomb, and then he rose again from the dead to conquer death, to conquer the tomb, to give us life, to give us hope. He said this new way. He says, Paul, Paul says, since God gave us this new covenant, since he has shown us mercy, he says, never give up. Never give up. He uses this this statement two times in this section of this letter. Never give up. In, In the New American, he says, we never lose heart. Have you ever lost heart before? A couple weeks ago, my son's team was playing another team in football. 
And it didn't, wasn't going very well. It was quite ugly. And I don't know at what time, what point in the game, but it seemed like the team lost heart. Would you say that's true? And they quit. Was it because the other team was better? No, I think they just lost heart. I think, you know, there are times in our life where we just, all we see is every negative, all we see is every loss, all we see is every failure, and we lose heart. We see that in parenting, where we're like, I just can't win these battles, whether it's you're fighting your kid over what they eat. Any of you ever fought that fight? We were talking about that this week um, in the office. I was asking, so what's your, what was your least favorite food your parents ever made? And we talked about that. And we talked about how you'd get in trouble if you didn't finish your food. And then I called one of my little brothers. And he, uh, it, well, it doesn't matter. You, he had to finish his, you have to finish your food in my home, at the home I grew up in. And um, he got in trouble. It took him like three days to finish one plate of food. But <sighs> I have no clue why I was sharing that story. Never giving up, no clue, I'm not, I'm, I just, I'm going to throw that thought away. Um, but there are times, oh, and parenting, parenting, kids, all that kind of stuff. And there are times in parenting where you just want to take the easy route. It's like, I just don't want to fight with them over this. And you, granted, you, you've got to pick what battles you fight. There's some battles that are not, they're just not worth fighting over. And you've got, you are the parents. God has given you um, the ability to keep fighting. But I think some of us, we give up too quickly. And Paul says, never lose heart. I think sometimes it's in our marriage where we are fighting for whatever it is. Maybe it's, it's, it's similar to their story, or, or maybe it, it's, I, I don't know what it is, but there, have you ever had those times where you just lose heart in marriage? Maybe it's a, I really like this, and she really likes this, and I don't know what this is. It's food. It could be dress. It could be, I like to go to bed early. She likes to go to bed late. I like to wake up early. She likes to wake up late. Um, we're always fighting over toothpaste. Or I don't know what it is, but we can have these little things and quit. We can feel like a failure in school because it gets hard. Things are not meant to be easy. And so Paul, as he's writing this, he's speaking specifically about marriage, but it can be applied to all things in life. And Paul says, never give up. Never give up. Never give up because there are people who are blinded by Satan. And Paul now, he's going to share with us in the next 10 verses or so about what we're never to give up in. And he gives us, I mean, I found a whole lot of things. I simpled it, simplified it down to three. And the first one I want to look at is found in verse five. He says, you see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. And the first thing I see Paul when he says never give up, he says never give up 
preaching Jesus. Never give up talking about Jesus. Why? Because when we choose to follow Jesus and give our lives to him, we make a choice to serve him with our lives. He is our main point of conversation. He should be the, the, the one that, that, as, that we're burdened about, the one we, we love to think about, the one we love to, to share about, the, the one we love to get every conversation to. Have you ever been in those conversations with people where somehow they always get onto their favorite team or they always get onto their favorite thing that they like to do? They always have like an MO. If they're like some kind of pyramid scheme person, somehow in every conversation they get to, hey, I actually, hey, do you, you know, like, hey, do you use wash rags? Oh, yeah, I use wash rags. Uh, you do use wash rags? Well, I actually have this product of a wash rag that, that we love. And oh, you have a product of a wash rag. Yeah, it's called, a, I don't even know what they're called. They're called something. Or, you know, if somebody has a headache, oh, you have a headache? You struggle with headaches? I do. You know, I get headaches every once in a while. Man, headaches are tough, aren't they? Yeah, they are really tough. What do you use for headaches? Advil? Oh, yeah. You ever have Advil not work? Oh, no. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't work. You know, I have this magic potion that I have. It's in my bag, and they whoop out these oils and potions, and all of a sudden you think you're in like a seance or something, and they're like mixing this cauldron, and fumes are going, and you're like, what in the world's happening right now? And But for some reason, Jesus isn't, that kind of passion out of us. And Paul says, you see, we don't, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. He goes, I go around preaching Jesus. He is, he is what we want to tell people about because of how he's changed us. This includes our kids. We never give up because our kids need to hear about Jesus. Not just the day they get saved, but every day. Hear about the struggles we have. Hear about why we made decisions we made. Hear about why we wake up and go to church in the morning. Hear about why we do what we do. Why we pray before we eat. Why we pray before we go to bed. And our kids need to hear Jesus out of us. Our coworkers need to hear Jesus out of us. Our neighbors need to hear Jesus out of us. And so Paul says, never give up preaching Jesus. Because there's a world that's blinded by the devil. And then Paul says in verse 6, he says, For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so that we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure that this makes this makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves we are pressed on every side by troubles but we are not crushed we are perplexed but not driven to despair we are hunted down but never abandoned by God we get knocked down but we are not destroyed the next thing Paul says this is never give up because there is a treasure in you. If we could dim the lights real quick, is that possible? I have, can we dim these stage ones too? Because my iPad lights them up. Can you guys all see my little clay pot here? Can you see it a little bit? I can turn it if you can't. 
See how there's a little light inside? This clay pot's broken, like many of us. There's nothing, nothing special at all about this clay pot. It really can't be used for much anymore. Many of us, this is, this is us. We're just broken pieces. But there's nothing to brag about. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I can't take this and sell it. I mean, I'm, maybe somebody would buy it. I've got to be super careful with it because if I'm too rough, I'm, I'm sure it'll break. My wife doesn't really use it anymore. It just sits on the side of our yard, and I've been planning on using it for this sermon because it's a great illustration about this clay pot that Paul talks about. He says, for God who said, let there be light, Genesis chapter 1 said, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the face of the depth. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters, and then God said... Let there be light. And there was light. No, you don't turn the lights back on. <laughs> I'll tell you to turn the lights back on. Thank you, though. That would have been really cool if I had planned that. I'm like, hey, this is really cool. And, uh, I'm going to sit on this moment here with this thing right here. And it, Paul, as he writes here, he says, he has made this light shine in your hearts. Sometimes we try to hide the light. That's hot. But we now have this light in us. John says this in John chapter 1, and you're not going to have this verse either because I added it the other day. John says this, and he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and he was in the beginning with God. And all things came into being through him, meaning all things were created. This is speaking of Jesus. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. And in him was light, and in him was life, and the life was the light of men. That light that's in you, a, a clay pot. And I know sometimes we, because we feel like, well, what's my purpose? I'm just a clay pot. I'm just broken. Your role is to let the light of Jesus shine in your life. This light is something that has, God has, has been, I actually want to do a way deeper study into this understanding of light because it's been fascinating as I've been studying it this week. The light, the glory of God shining in you has been something God has been talking about from the beginning. In Exodus chapter 40, verse 34, it says, Then the cloud covered, this is the people of Israel traveling through the desert. And they finally set up their tent of meeting, this place that symbolized where God would dwell, called the tabernacle. And God, throughout the, the wilderness, as the people of Israel were traveling, they would, they, they would follow this cloud of fire. And then when they finally set up the tabernacle, this tent of meeting, it says, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle, the temple, the, the tent. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 says, do you not know that you are the temple of God, 
and that God's light shines in you. And then we go to the end of the story in Revelation. It speaks about the light one last time. It says, and I saw no temple. You see, right now, God's presence is in you. He, he dwells in you through the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, there was the tabernacle, and he dwelled in the tabernacle. And then when we see the new heaven and new earth, that's revelation and Everything's done. God's changed the whole world. It says this. It says in Revelation chapter 21, verses 22 through 24, it says, I saw no temple. I mean, there didn't have to be this place where God housed because God's presence was there. It says, and I saw no temple in it for the Lord, the, the God, the Almighty, the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God has illumined it, and its lamp is the Lamb, and the nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. That is a great day to look forward to, but right now we exist as clay pots trying to figure life out, don't we? And sometimes as clay pots, we just don't want to shine. Because as Paul says, we're crushed. Any of you ever feel crushed before? Crushed by life, crushed by decisions, crushed by you name it, whatever. It says we are pressed on every side. Because what the devil and what the world is trying to do is trying to block out your light. It says you are pressed or you are afflicted on every side, but you're not crushed. Because the world wants to crush the treasure that's in you. The treasure that's in you is the light of Jesus shining in your life and through your heart. The world hates it. It wants to block it out through any possible way it can. It wants to ruin this light that God is trying so hard to shine through you that others might see hope. It says you are perplexed. Perplexed means to feel like you have no way out, but you're not driven to despair. You are hunted down or persecuted. but you're not abandoned by God. It says you may feel like you're knocked down, struck down. Have you ever felt that way? Just like you get back, you get, you get up, you're going, you get struck down again. Maybe it's you, you lose your job. Maybe it's a, you and your wife get into a fight. Maybe it's you and your kids get into a fight. Maybe it's you're working so hard on your grades and you, you fail another test. Maybe you get reprimanded at work for something you didn't do, but somebody else did because you're the manager. You get, you get in trouble for that. Maybe it's you just get into one more fight with your kid over something so dumb. You're like, when is this ever going to stop? 
happen. And I don't know what it is, but you just feel like this, this thing, you just get struck down one after another, one thing after another. And it's just like, what in the world? You're trying so hard to eat healthy, and then they have cookies. You try, you name it. I don't know what it is for you. But we can feel struck down one after another. But here's what Paul says, but you're not destroyed. You're not destroyed. Because there's a treasure in you the devil wants to block out, but God wants to shine through. And the treasure is what's in you. It's it's not this. It's not you, the clay pot. Because this... I mean, it's ugly, this clay pot. It's, it's nothing fancy. But the treasure in it, the light of Jesus, and Paul says, never give up because there's a treasure in you. God has put value in you. There's value in your soul. And he wants to, to use you as, as an earthen vessel to, to share your story, to, to let the world know that there's a God in heaven that loves them. You can turn the lights back on. So why? Why never give up? Look at these next few verses, 10 through 15. It says, through suffering... Our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant dangers of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death. Now, Paul is speaking. Paul's life was under, like, the consequence or the, the possibility of dying multiple times. There are people who wanted to kill him for sharing Jesus. That day could come here. He says, so we live in the face of death, but this has the result, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. Because we continue to preach, but no, but we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist has um, this, uh, the psalmist had when he said, I believe in God, so I speak. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as for God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. So why? Why are we never to give up? Never give up so that Jesus is seen in you. That's what Paul says. He says, so that, if you look at that, there's this this statement that he says throughout this passage. He says, so that, so that, but, but, because, and we will. He says, why never give up? So that the life of Jesus is seen. Why never give up? Verse 12 says, so that the result is eternal life for others. Why never give up? Because Jesus, so that the same Jesus will be seen by others because Jesus is the same as he always has been. Why never give up? Because he will raise us from death. 
Why never give up? So that God's grace reaches more people. That's what Paul says. It's not the the story of Jesus is not meant to stay in your earthen vessel. It's meant that you go and you share that story with others that others might see and that you might light others, that you might share Jesus with other people. So many of us, we keep Jesus in us and we try to hide him in us and we don't want others to know. But Paul says, no, no, no. We never give up so, so that others might see, so that others might be reached. As it says there in that last verse, verse 15, all this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, the treasure in you, the good news, is about Jesus. And it's for you to share, for me to share. And then Paul wraps up with this, verse 16 through 18. He says, that is why we never give up. These things he has said, that's why we never give up, because there's a treasure in you. Yes, we're earthen vessels, but there's a treasure in you. That's why we never give up, because there's a grace that needs to be shared. There's a hope that needs to be told. This is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. The New American reads like this. For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. Verse 18. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. So many times that's what we do. We look at what we see now. We look at that, that fight we had with the person. We look at what we see now. We look at that, that struggle we have with, with our kids. And we, we, we look at that moment now and, and that momentary light affliction. Paul says, so we don't focus. We don't stay focused on that. But we fix our gaze on Jesus. On things that cannot be seen. For the things which we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. So how do we never give up? How do we not quit when it seems like the world is crushing around us? Paul says, fix your gaze on Jesus. Fix your gaze on him. Paul says in Colossians chapter 3, He says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights or set your minds on the realities of heaven, where Christ is seated at the right hand of honor at God's, or where Christ is seated at the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things above, not the things of the earth. You see, when we start focusing on the momentary light afflictions, the things that are crushing in around us, when that becomes our focus, when we start focusing on feeling like we're alone, when we start focusing on the sin that we have, when we start focusing on all these things and we allow that to become our focus, then all of a sudden the light in us starts to get dim. And it's not that the light changes, but we change. Paul says, but fix your eyes on Jesus. Your troubles 
produce faith in God. As you heard um, Chris and Steph share, the suffering brought so much more faith. Your troubles, they help us grow. Paul says never give up. Never give up preaching Jesus. Never give up because there's a treasure in you. Never give up so that others might see Jesus in you. And how? By fixing our eyes on Jesus. But is this easy? He says, yes, our affliction is light. Our affliction is light compared to what others might suffer. Our affliction is light compared to what we deserve. Our affliction is light compared to what Jesus suffered for us. Our affliction is light compared to the blessings that we enjoy. Our affliction is light as we experience the sustaining power of God's grace. Our affliction is light when we focus on the glory that God brings. I read this this week. It says, the weight of glory It isn't easy to appreciate the weight of glory because it is an eternal weight. Often the problem isn't so much in what we think about our light affliction, but in that we think so little of the weight of glory. We think so little about how wonderful the day will be when we are in the presence of God. We think so little of that. Because the time here on earth is so short. It's so short compared to eternity. And as Paul says, the momentary light affliction. So what does this look like for you? What does it look like for you maybe being a single person? Just trying to figure out life. Marriage and relationships and work and career and all this stuff. What what does this look like? How do you stay focused? How do you never give up? What starts with, what's your focus? If our focus is always on who am I going to become? Who's looking at me? What success am I going to have? If that's our focus, then the afflictions will be heavier and heavier. If our focus is always on, uh, if you're a parent, maybe you're a parent of young kids and the worries and the afflictions of young, being parents of young kids. My kids are a little older now, so it's different now. And I, some of us in here are kids that are grown. Some of us are grandparents. Some of us are great grandparents. So what does it look like when you never give up as a parent? You know, there are those times when you want to fight you want to not come to church on Sunday morning because it would be so much easier just to let everybody to sleep in. You're like, well, it's not that big of a deal. Never give up. There are times when we as people, we just want to quit. We just want to not, not pursue. We want to take the easy route. Take the easy route and work. Well, I don't need to share about Jesus. I don't need to do this. But Paul says never give up. You know, there, there is always an easier route. And the easier route is traveled by many. But Paul says, Paul, Paul says, but we never give up. Is that me? Okay. Never give up. 
Because there is a treasure in you that God wants to say, look. Look at the Savior inside them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for loving us. Jesus, thank you for having a plan for our life. Jesus, thank you for giving us the strength so that we don't give up. And Jesus, some of us, maybe today, it's tough. Parenting was tough this morning. Our life, just waking up and the burden of work and all the struggle was tough this morning. Marriage was tough this morning. And Lord, may we realize that there is a glory found in you, that there is a hope found in you that outweighs any heavy thing. Jesus, because in you we have strength. In you we have hope. In you we have the light of the world. And Jesus, you've put that light in us. We're clay pots. Not much to brag about. But Jesus, we ask. We ask that today, that we wouldn't focus on the momentary light affliction, but Lord, may we fix our eyes on you, the author and perfecter of our faith. May we fix our eyes on you who is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. May we fix our eyes on you, the the victor, the triumphant one, the the glorious one, the, the loving father. May we fix our eyes on you who stands and says, well done, good and faithful one. Who greets us, who listens to us, who loves us who desires to be seen in our lives. Lord, thank you in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to click that follow button and tune in next week for another great message.